I'm Luka Doncic and this is Lockdown Mavericks Podcast. What if I told you that every time a Volkswagen hits 100,000 miles, a German engineer gets his wings? Uh, I hate these wingy thingies. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, and joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com, the Friday Fiend, the One More Thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Well, Thursday has come and gone, and no official announcement on when the NBA is going to come back. Who cutting it down Friday. to the wire? <laughs> it is, yeah. I saw something. Uh, you're listening to this. A lot of you listen in the uh, in the morning on your way to work, uh, but if you listen to this on Friday, there might already be a deal that's came out between everybody at the league, players, you know, board of governors, everybody. Uh, but I did see where I think it was Malcolm Brogdon was on the jump today, and he expects the deadline to be pushed back. Which man, I everybody the league has said for so long they wanted to give all the teams, everyone working in the NBA, eight weeks from the moment agreed upon a deal to the beginning of a new season. And right now, if they agree to it on Friday, then that pushes right to that Christmas week you know, thing to where if they push this deadline back, then you're pushing all of that stuff. So it'll be really intriguing if by the time you're listening to this or not, if the deal happens on Friday and we know when the next tip-off will be for the NBA. Yeah. Yeah, you guys may know more than us at this point. Uh, who knows? If they push it back, then you don't know more than us. But uh, on today's show, we're not going to get into all that because we don't have any more information to talk about. We're going to talk about wings that the Mavericks could potentially target with the 31st pick. Some of these guys, maybe even with the 18th pick, but I don't, I don't think they'll get that far. I think there's other guys they'd rather have. But we're going to get through some of these guys today, talk about them, see which ones we like the best, see if there's any probable you know, wings. This is the... The you know the position or the group of players that the Mavericks really need. This is a big position to need for the Mavericks, and I think that if they use these picks, they'll definitely use at least one of them on a guy like this. So one of these guys could be a Maverick by the you know the end of November 18th, which is coming up, man. Like that's coming up real soon. That's in what like 20 days. Uh, so it's on its way. All right, let's get into it. Let's start with Leandro Bomaro. He's 6'8", 180 pounds, 6'8", wingspan, so he's a square. 20 years old at the time of the draft. He's from He played in Barcelona. He's from Argentina. His one sentence from the ringer, impeccable playmaking skills and instincts give him a foundation for success, but his jumper will pre- determine his upside. Any thoughts on Bomaro? It doesn't seem like he's going to be available for the Mavericks. At 18 at least, or at uh, 31. The Ringer has him at 23. ESPN mocks him at 22. The Athletic has him at 26. Not really sure if he's going to be available at 31. Seems like there are better guys at 18, but what do you think about Bomaro? Well, honestly, I didn't do a whole big profile on him because you said he was going to not be there for Dallas <laughs> at 31. So I did profiles on four other dudes. I left him and Woodard off. Um, it is Woodard, right? Or Woodward? Yeah, Woodard. Um but yeah, Balmero, he's you know this young nineteen-year-old Argentinian kid who uh, played for Barcelona last year, and he's big. I mean, you like the size at six-seven, um, you know, a guy who can handle the ball and stuff. But 
it's just one of those things. Is he going to come over right now? Which I haven't dug into his situation enough to know if he is like for sure coming over right now or not. And yeah, for Dallas, I would rather. I think there's a lot of other names on the list at 31 that I would go with at thir- at yeah, over his, Balmero. His thing is he's always jump shot, right? He's a really good passer, good ball handler. He's a pretty good team defender according to the Ringer, uh, but he's not a good shooter. And is it bad that if anyone's just not a good shooter, I'm just kind of out on them for the maps. <laughs> I don't know why. I just don't want to add anybody that can't shoot unless they're elite, elite, elite as a defender. That's the only thing. I'm looking at it. I'm painting with a broad brush over all these guys. Like I don't want anybody that can't shoot unless you're a really elite defender. Is that, that fair? Yeah, well, and that's why I didn't like the Ringers. We we love the Ringers like draft guy just the setup of it. And that's yeah. why I didn't like the Joe Ingles like shades of or like the comp to Joe Ingles on it because Joe Ingles is a 40% career three point shooter. He shot 39%. You know the last two seasons, 44% two seasons before that. So the dude's a really good three point shooter. Joe Ingles is. And this dude's just not. So I don't like that comp. I think he's a little bit more. I get it because Joe Ingles, sometimes Utah puts the ball in his hands and runs some offensive sets. I get it from that perspective. But even that, I think Balmero's a better ball handler than uh, than Ingles. But I think what and this could be far out. I think he's like a better version of like Ty Jerome coming out last year. Um, so It's kind of like Sean Livingston to me, like a less athletic yeah. Sean Livingston. Yeah, so if, yeah, if I I like him as a prospect, it's just just not in Dallas, no. Yeah, yeah. So just out. We're just gonna move on from that one. Uh, it doesn't seem like the I watch the Mavs take him, and me just have to eat all those words. But for me at least, what I would want the Mavericks to take. Uh, let's move on to Robert Woodard. This is another guy I told you probably wouldn't be there, but he could be there at eighteen for the Mavs. 31. If he slips there, this could be a possibility. 6'7, 235 pounds, 7'1 wingspan. Mm. He's 21 years old at the time of the draft from Mississippi State. The Ringer's one sentence guide winning player who puts consistent effort and his improved jumper promotes confidence in his ability to be a successful pro. He's a pretty good finisher at the rim, pull off acrobatic layups, good passer, makes quick decisions with the ball, and delivers with accuracy. He really improved as a shooter from his freshman to his sophomore season. He went from 27% to 43% from three. And he also went from 50%, 58% from the free throw line to 64%, which is a good improvement there as well. Uh, his weaknesses, he lacks some quickness to comfortably defend guards on switches, which is kind of something that the Mavs need. He's <laughs> a stiff-looking shooter. His uh, The ringer says despite his improved numbers, he needs to improve a lot from NBA range against high-level defenders. Uh, the ringer had him at 22, ESPN at 26, the Athletic had him at 30. So he could be there for the Mavericks at um, at 31, but any thoughts on Robert Woodard? Oh, I absolutely love him. Talking about a difference in prospects, same height, Balmero and Woodard. Yeah. Balmero at 6'7", that we just talked about, 100, 180 pounds. Woodard at 6'7", 235 pounds. <laughs> it's a 55-pound difference. Um, but no, yeah, that jump in the shooting, and if you the want wingspan, to, it, the wingspan too, yeah, six, eight wingspan for Balmaro, Balmaro, uh, seven foot one for Robert Woodard. I mean, good Lord. Like that's such a big yeah, difference it's like, there. Woodard's a better shooter. Balmaro's a better, you know, playmaking ball handler type yeah. of guy. So it's like crazy how they're the same height, totally di- different prospects, but that's the type of thing to where 
what Dallas, I think, is looking for in the draft or what I think they should be looking for is the watered mold in this, you know, three and D type of mold. But yep. big body, six seven, two thirty-five, like you said, with that seven one wingspan. And uh, you know, the big jumps in the three point shooting, it, it's you know, for some people it's like, do you believe it? Because it's like a one year jump. Yeah. Is he more like the year before or more like this year? Cause that is crazy. I mean, twenty-seven percent is freshman year from three. To forty three percent his sophomore year, so you hope that that continues. But this is the idea of like why you come out of the draft right now. If you're him, if you're him, it's like yes. all right, I just shot forty two percent from three. I'm the ideal type of three D wing guy. So I don't think he'll be there at thirty one. He's a prospect that every good team, every team in the league needs a guy like Robert Woodard. So I think yeah, I think he's gone before thirty one. Yeah, I think so probably too, just based on these mocks and that. You know, that question about his shooting is why you have to dig into these prospects a little bit more. We're just doing the overview, right? We haven't really even watched a ton of these guys. We'll do some a little bit later, but these are just the overviews and these quick hitters that show what a player, his kind of his mold is, what his like, you know, overview is. So we'll do more deep dives on some of these guys to see if that shooting is, you know, maybe his mechanics are a little weird or maybe he gets into his shot, you know, a little slow. So we'll do that a little bit later. But coming up, let's get into some more of these prospects, some guys I think the Mavericks should absolutely take. And there's one guy that I really want the Mavericks to take. They might be able to get him undrafted, and I think that they should probably try to pick him at 31 even. We'll talk about that guy coming up. But before we do, Isaac Harris. Oh, man. Some days I just get, you know, you hit that wall, mental, physical. For me, mostly it's mental. You're like, ugh, I just can't can't make another meme today, you know? I just can't write down another draft prospect. I just can't do another podcast, you know? When I hit that wall, I need something to help me get through it, and that is Built Go. Built Go is incredible. It's this little package. You can put it in your briefcase. Who carries a briefcase? You carry a briefcase to work? No. Backpack. No, backpack. Yeah, I'm, I'm a backpack guy too. Uh, you can put it in your pocket. You can fit it in, you know, whatever you carry, your bag, whatever. Uh, computer bag, whatever you carry to work. Uh, you can fit it right there, and it has the combination of the protein and the caffeine that you need to get you through the day. Built Go is awesome. Combines that energy gel with the collagen protein. They're absolutely incredible. They have three delicious flavors, the peanut butter, honey, the coconut, um, the chocolate coconut, and the chocolate mint, which is my favorite one. That mint gives you a little bit of a boost, too. The smell is good. Visit BuiltGo.com. Use the promo code LOCKED, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Built Go. Let's go. All right, Isaac Harris, let's get into some more of these prospects. Next guy I want to focus on is Elijah Hughes. 6'6", 215 pounds, a 6'10", wingspan. I found that on a website. Not really sure if I trust that completely, but that is what was reported. 22 years old at the time of the draft. The Ringers one sentence, a a developing, well-rounded scorer who performed well in college despite heavy defensive attention. Playing at Syracuse. Uh, you know he played in that you know that zone, and so he could become an effective man-to-man defender. It was kind of hard to tell because of that zone that he played. He's an effective go-to scorer, pulling up or shooting fadeaways in the mid-range, runs the floor hard in transition, chase down blocks on defense, doesn't sulk after committing errors, which is a huge thing. His weaknesses, he's inconsistent as a three-point shooter. He hit just 29% of his threes off the dribble and 36% off the catch. He's an inefficient interior scorer, lacks skill around the rim, and he wasn't really a good man-to-man defender when he played at East Carolina. And then obviously in that zone, you can't really, uh, they couldn't really get a lot from that. The ringer has him at 38, ESPN has him at 44, and the Athletic had him at 32 all the way up there. Uh, 
Elijah Hughes. This is the prospect that I, I kind of don't get. I, I'm not really sure what I'm supposed to get from this guy. Yeah, especially compared to the other guys that that we're going to talk about. That is, yeah, he. I'm trying to think of like a comp to where it, there's just not like I I just like these other guys more than him. The system that he played in, in Syracuse. I mean, even comparing it to like, hey, individual defender is he a great individual defender? He you saw that a little bit more before he he was a transfer into Syracuse, so you saw that a little bit at the beginning of his like collegiate career. But it's like, all right, well that was like a handful of years ago. So do you want to hold that? of that's the only man-to-man defense for the most part that you can really hold him to. And he just shot the ball a ton. When you compare him to another guy, we're, we're going to talk about Tyler Bay in a little bit. Tyler Bay shot the ball eight times a game. At Syracuse, Elijah Hughes shot like 15 shots a game. Like I mean, that's, <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a lot in college. So um, he shot the ball a ton. Like you said, 34% from three. Uh, just looking at it, you know, scanning over some of the synergy stuff. He like he's a good. It's not excellent. It's not incredible. Like anything like that. He's a he's a good catch and shoot uh, person. But it's you know that's he's okay. But there's other guys I like more than him. Yeah, it's kind of you think of this guy, and I don't know. Just by the overview, I would think that he's like 19 years old. Right, and then he needs some developing yeah. and things like that. But he's twenty two already, right? He's your he's one of your guys. You love these these twenty two year olds that are ready to come in, yeah. <laughs> right, just come in and uh, you know get there right away. But yeah, I need to dive in a little bit more on Elijah Hughes to know a little bit more. I was I was thoroughly confused after reading his. Like, what is he? Is he a, he's the three and D guy? Not really. Like, what is he? He's kind of a go to scorer, uh, but he doesn't really shoot the three ball well off the you know off the dribble the shot just. 29% off the dribble from three. So I have to look into that more, but I didn't really I didn't really like what I saw. All right, next guy, Cassius Stanley, 6'6", 193 pounds, 6'7", wingspan. He's going to be 21 years old at the time of the draft. He went to Duke. We won't hold that against him. Ringer's one sentence, a ridiculous athlete who competes hard, an encouraging mix for someone who has upside but needs improvement. He's a good spot-up shooter, needs to show more dynamic ability by shooting off of movement. Excellent rebounder for his size thanks to his hops. High potential as an on-ball defender against guards with his quickness, athleticism through fundamentals. Uh, He's got to improve those. He gets some tunnel vision, forces some shots. He lacks the length and size that limits his you know, defensive effectiveness against larger scorers, loose handles, all that from the ringer. They had him at 47. ESPN mocked him at 52. The Athletic at 37, all the way up there. But this is another one of those you're betting on potential for a guy. I might surprise you with this, but this is my guy. Whoa. I like it. Wow. I like him a lot. Yeah. I like this guy a lot. He's a heck of an athlete, man. The dude can get up and throw. He he gives you, like, if he came into Dallas, he's 21. He came into Dallas. He gives you something on the wing that Justin Jackson and Dorian doesn't give you as far as the lob threat. Like, nobody nobody on the team can really dunk like Stanley. And this dude can. Like, remember get when they used to run up. those plays for Dennis Smith Jr., where Wes would get the ball yeah. on the left wing, and then Dennis would run like a back cut, and he would get those dunks? Like, you could run those for this guy. Heck yeah. And it's like, dude, he he is a I mean, an unbelievable athlete. And then you start looking at his numbers and you start looking at his his shooting numbers. You look at his catch and shoot numbers, which we talk about a lot because once again we want shooters alongside. We're obsessed Luka with catch and shoot numbers. We just are. Like I that's am. we just want that because we have a guy that can yes, kick it because to you. You're and gonna hit. catch the ball and shoot the ball. That's like this is <laughs> this is the thing when you play with Luca. 
excellent rating on both guarded and gar- unguarded shots for for uh, Cassius Stanley in college. Forty three percent on all catch and shoot shots. That's in the ninety third percentile of college basketball. One point three points per possession in that. He's very he's really good in transition. Everything about the the three and D type of player that we talk about talk about. That's the thing that Stanley uh, Cassius. I want to say Stanley Johnson. Cassius Stanley uh, would get you. So I. I'm all about Cassius Stanley coming to Dallas. If you can get him, he's the, yeah. If you can get him, at, if we draft him at 31, I would be hyped. But according to those three mocks, he could be there at 31. All of them have him available at 31. And, and I want to say this too. I was going to say this in the first segment. I think looking at what Dallas does at this 31st pick, because we've talked about so many times that we don't think they're going to bring two rookies to Dallas. And somebody just DM'd me a few days ago. They're like, hey, I disagree with you. They should bring two rookies to Dallas. I'm like, okay, like, cool. Like, we can disagree. That's fine. But I don't think they do. I think they bring one. And if you're looking at, if they do, let's just say they go into it and they're like, hey, we want to get off some money for 2021. And I'm just throwing this out there. If they are going to the draft and saying, all right, we're sitting there at 18. We want to, like, DeLon Wright didn't play in the playoffs for us. If we don't think he had, you know, we want to, we would rather get off his contract and re-sign Trey Burke, for instance, and save some money in 2021. So we'll move back some slots or we'll trade off 18 to get off DeLon Wright. I don't think they will, but I'm just saying, what if they do? 18 would be that pick. So there's a chance that for some reason they don't pick at 18. They use it in some type of trade or whatever. And 31 is their only pick. So this is important that we focus on these wing prospects because they could this could be the only rookie they bring to camp. And there's some solid wings that can be there. And for me, I love Cassius Stanley. There's another guy on our list that I love too. But Cassius Stanley, just everything... Coming from the Blue Blood School and Duke and all that stuff, I get the Duke and all that. I make shots at, <laughs> at Duke for sure. But I love everything that Cassius Stanley would bring, and he would bring you something different on the wing that we just don't have right now either. Yeah, if you want to talk about the the centers as like you you need different kinds of centers to you know one is a lob threat, one's a big body, one's a you know space the floor. You, the, your wings, you need them as you know different kinds of guys too. You can't have everybody be the exact same unless they're all three of D guys. Then we're all then we're all in. You can't have enough of those guys. But you know, he is that, and he also adds that extra athleticism that you know Dorian's athletic and Justin Jackson's kind of athletic, but they're not you know this type of athletic like this is a you know a different level and the Mavs just really don't have I mean who's the most athletic player on the Mavs Dwight Luca <laughs> <laughs> not the best ad- yeah. you know what I mean like they just they really didn't yeah. have a ton of athletes yeah if we're talking like dunk contest stuff I mean yeah according like, to the two, who's the, the NBA, fastest guy who's the guy that can jump the highest you know what I mean well according to the NBA 2k trailer it's Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, yeah, if y'all haven't seen that trailer be. Y'all need to see uh, the windmill alley-oop that he threw down. I, do, I think that's what it was. Do you remember the first Tim Hardaway Jr. game after the trade, the Porzingis trade? We were both, I think we, yeah, I, we were both like, oh my gosh, they finally have an athlete on the wing because they went from West to Tim Hardaway. <laughs> we had been watching West for so long. We we're like, oh man. And it really just jumped off the off the uh, the screen for us. I, that was yeah. a really funny memory. Honestly, I yeah. I, honestly, I think it's either Dwight Powell or even Porzingis. I think Porzingis could be up there too. And As the best athlete, he's not fast. Uh, he doesn't jump high. He's very he's very tall. Okay, well, who else are you going to give it to? No, I, I think it's either Dwight or Tim Hardaway. <laughs> it yeah. might be Berea. 
the way that he just stays with everybody. I mean, the way that he's still been hanging around, there's something there. Yeah, it could be Brad. But they don't have a ton of athletes, right? No, yeah, and that, that's the thing. That's what I was talking about with Stanley, and yeah, he would just give he you something. To. Like, who's the lob threat? That's the thing. Like, yeah, yeah they can they throw like I somebody's yelling at the podcast right now saying Dorian Finney Smith. I I get it. They they throw lobs to Finney Smith, and Dorian is a great athlete. But we're talking about like a Derek Jones Jr. Like that's yeah. Like he's super athletic and can get up and throw down a lob. So they wanted to get him. Yeah, yeah, and they they tried to go get him. So. Dwight is the lob threat, by the way. I, yeah. I know people are saying that. We're saying on the wings. Yeah, yeah, on the wings. On the wings. All right, coming up, let's get into two more of these guys. I have a guy, and Isaac has a guy, and I think they're both different. I think they're different, these next two guys. I think your guy is one guy, and my guy is a different yeah, yeah, guy. Yeah, they are. Yeah. So we'll talk about those guys coming up. All right, Isaac, let's get into the last two prospects the Mavericks could target at 31 that are wings we're doing all wings today we've done guards before we probably won't do bigs because uh we might do some some bigs but we just don't really see a real big that they could target at 31 uh, again people are probably yelling at us next guy tyler bay 6'7 216 pounds a seven foot one wingspan he's gonna be 22 years old at the time of the draft perfect right in right in the isaac's prime draft candidate mm, yes. age age range he went to school at Colorado. The Ringers one sentence, a versatile defender who can serve as a linchpin on defense and be a complementary component on offense. This is your guy. He's going to be available at 36. Why did I just say that? The Ringer has him at 36 on their big board. <laughs> the Ringer has him at 36 on their big board. ESPN has him at 28 on their mock draft, and the Athletic has him at 40. So they kind of switched some of those prospects there. Give us your thoughts on Tyler Bay. I love Tyler Bay, and... Let's just disregard the shooting stuff for a second and just look at him as a defender. Six seven seven one wingspan, like you said. Pac-12 Conference Player of the Year. Uh, he's a second one for uh, Colorado to win that since Andre Roberson, uh, or Robertson, however you want to say that. We still don't know. Uh, we still don't know. <laughs> um, the thing with him is he didn't, like, it's kind of, you don't want to sit there and say, once again, you got to really look into it, uh, look at the attempts before you look at the percentage. I think his percentage says that he shot 40% from three. Yeah, but, but he only <laughs> shot one three a game. So right. it's not even a, you know, it's not a, a big sample size for that. So I don't want to act like he's like this knockdown three and D guy. But man, just watching him, he's one of the, he's the guy that I watch the most on when looking through this. I've seen Cassius Stanley play more just because ACC and watching North Carolina and stuff like that. But Tyler Bay is the guy that I really kind of dove into a little bit more. Shot 74% from free throw uh, from the free throw line the past few years. He just looks so big on the court. I love one of the, I guess it was the athletic or whoever uh, said that he looks like a small ball five in a way, but he's just he not. He played that. He, he's just so, he looks so big on the court. Uh, but he here's the thing. He doesn't dribble. He as far as like he's not going to be a shot creator. He only attempted like eight shots a game at Colorado, so he's not going to be this guy that you're going to hand the ball to and say go get me a bucket. So he's not the secondary creator. But that's the three and D role. I literally wrote on there a bigger Dorian Finney Smith because that, that's <laughs> yeah. kind of like what it reminded me of in a way. It's like just a bigger version of that because especially we've seen Dorian get better at this over the years, but especially early on Dorian. He wasn't putting the ball on the floor at all. No. I think that's one of the biggest things we looked at, you know, over the past year or so. I'm like seeing yeah. him driving the paint mm-hmm. and kick and hitting these floaters and stuff. So I think in a way, Tyler Bate would be a younger um 
early on, bigger version of Dorian Finney-Smith. Who has a solid jump shot now, which Dorian, yeah. I guess, Dorian's three ball was pretty good in college. Uh, and yeah. then in the NBA, he struggled a little bit. But yeah, I uh, thought that was really interesting. So the, the ringer talked about him is he played as a big in college. He basically was like their big man. He kind of you know scored in the, you know on the, on the inside a little bit, uh, but he didn't take a ton of shots. Uh, he's a high level on ball defender, quick laterally, can also switch on screens. He's capable of containing guards and wings. This is the guy where he doesn't take a lot of threes. He did shoot well in the threes that he did take, but he's an elite defender, right? So that's where yeah. I'm. I'm like, all right, I'm in. Even though he doesn't take a lot of threes. I'm in on him because he's a really athletic finisher, good screener. He, you know, is a really elite defender. So this is another that, guy I'd be in on at 31. That's the thing. There's intrigue with the shooting. It's not like he took the shots yeah. and there was a bad percentage and you're like, he can't shoot. It was just how he played and how they had him in that offensive system there. So, for instance, when you look at his synergy, yeah, and once again, going back to the catch and shoot shots, he ranked very good on both in both of those, guarded and unguarded. But when you look at the possessions, he only had 19 possessions that he had a guarded catch-and-shoot shot. But on catch-and-shoot <laughs> shots in general, just 42 possessions in his whole like year this past year, 45%. So very, very, very small sample size. He shot the ball well. It's just you don't know, you know, what does that look like when you expand that. So I like Tyler Bay a ton. And if and once again, if he's there at 31, him, Cassius Stanley, and I like your guy too. Ooh. I would be down for any of those guys. Yeah, that wasn't my guy. This is my guy, Jordan Nora, 6'7, 220 pounds, 6'10 wingspan. He's gonna be 22, right in your age range. You love that that age range, 22, yep. 23. Uh went to school at Louisville. The ringer did not have a one sentence on him because he he was not on their top fifty. However, I did a breakdown of Jordan Nora for a project I was doing with a different company, and I have stuff on him. He's a great outside shooter. Over his three years at Louisville, he shot 40% on nearly five three-point attempts per game. That's that's solid to me. That is a solid percentage. Uh, Synergy has him excellent as a spot-up shooter, also as a, a catch-and-shoot shooter as well, I think. Out of 190 players in college last year that took six or more threes per game, Jordan Nora was one of only 25 players Uh it's Wara, by the way. The N is silent, not the W. Wara is one of only 25 players in the country to shoot over 40% from the arc. So out of 190 players that took as many threes as he did, only 25% of them shot as well, or 25 of them shot as well as he did. He's mm. a great on-ball defender. Synergy gave him a rating of very good as a defender in man defense. Uh, some of his weaknesses, two turnovers a game. He needs some work as a ball handler. He's not really a good finisher. I don't care about either of those things. <laughs> To be honest, I want him. I want him to be a three and D player, and I think he is that. The Ringer didn't have him in the top fifty. ESPN had him mocked at forty five. The Athletic had him at forty four. I'm surprised that he's not higher on some of these boards because it seems like he fits the prototypical three and D type guy. Yeah, I know a lot of. Obviously, I was high on Donovan Mitchell uh, back a couple years ago, and because being from Kentucky, I also see a decent amount of Louisville games too, and. A lot of friends connected to Louisville, and I would hear them talk about Jordan Orr a lot. Um, yeah, I mean, he was preseason ACC Player of the Year. He was all ACC first team uh, this past year, averaged 18 points a game. I, yeah, I don't really get it why he's not in that like range. Like, why is he not in the you know 30s, 40s? He should he should be a second round pick, no doubt for me. Um, 40% from three on six attempts a game. So like. There you go. He yeah. actually shot an, enough threes to where it mattered. Forty-four percent on catch and shoot shot you know, shots. Excellent rating on synergy in that. He's great in transition. I like him a lot. I liked him at Louisville. I 
I like him coming out in the draft. Uh, I think he was it. I think he got hurt last year, and he tested the waters a little bit on the draft. Uh, but then he ultimately decided to come back to school, and so he's good to go right now. So I, I am, yeah. He he's going to be a a, a steal, I think, <laughs> for some for somebody in the second round. So Jordan Wara, we like Tyler Bay, we like. Uh, we kind of like Cassius Stanley. Like we, I like Cassius Stanley. We like, more than you. we like Cassius Stanley, and then uh, Woodard. Robert Woodard is another guy that we were in on. Yeah. Uh, so any of those guys, if any of those guys come Dallas's way, we'd be totally down. And like Isaac said, they may only pick just one, you know, one draft pick and take one rookie to camp. And it could just be with that 31st pick. So any of these guys, there's a bunch of other names here. There's a ton of wings that are just going to go late in the draft. Jay Scrub, Mason Jones, uh, Naj Marshall, Kenya Martin Jr. You want another junior no. on the team? Then Tim Hardaway Jr. and Kenya Martin Jr. can hang out and talk. Josh Hall, another guy. Um, so there's a couple of the guys. We're not going to do profiles on any of those guys. It seems like they're going to go way too late in the draft, but those are other possible names. Uh, yeah, that's who we have. Those are the wings. I just want a world in which you get Sadiq <laughs> Bay at 18 Ugh. and Tyler Bay at 31, <laughs> and it's just, hey, we got Bay and Bay. We got Bay, 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 Bay. Hey, Bay, Bay. That's what um, – that would be great. I mean, to be honest, you can't have enough of these guys. Like, you really no, can't. That, yeah. The Mavs have yeah. guards. The Mavs have bigs. They need these wing types. And so these guys we talked about, go back and listen to the you know our our pod on 18, the wings for them. I mean, there's there's wings available in that, in that range. If they keep these picks, they could get guys that fill real needs for them. Yeah, and I think there's a world that we obviously like Aaron Nees- Neesmith, and yeah. we like Sadiq Bey. We like mm-hmm. these guys more than these guys. And we like those guys at 18. So, yeah, if there's a world that you can grab one of those guys, if they keep the picks, and then you come back at 31, and you get one of those one of these guys too, and you walk away with two. Like, yeah, if they walked away with Aaron Neesmith and Tyler Bay or Aaron Neesmith and Cassius Stanley, sign me up for that. Yeah. But it also it this also shows you that even though they're not the same level as Neesmith, Sadiq Bay, and you know Desmond Bay, and some of those guys at 18, if all those guys are off the board, and let's just say they took a Tyrese Maxey at eight, 18, and you got this like tough nosed guard, whatever, and then they come back to around the 31, and they take a Tyler Bay, a six seven seven one wingspan, a bigger wing, then you're walking into camp. If they brought in two guys, you're like, all right, well at least both of our rookies. Man, these are like two solid defensive type rookies, wing and a guard that can both play on the perimeter. So. There's definitely guys that you can sell yourself on as a Mavs fan that, yeah, we would be happy with. But of course, you know, they're going to go out there and take some like Nico Mannion at 31. And we're like, <laughs> oh, what the crap's going on? Oh, that drives me insane. Uh, we didn't even do Nico Mannion for 18, right? I left him for you because you did a whole thing on him and I left him for you. I know we didn't. I didn't even. We didn't even do it for for our guards. Uh, yeah, that'd be nuts if they picked him, which it could happen. But I just don't see them taking another one of those small guards. No, I I don't either. I don't see it at all either. But yeah, we've been wrong before. Wait, yes, we yes we have. <laughs> so all right, there you go. That's the guards the Mavericks could target with the thirty first pick. We'll be back next week with some more stuff, guys. We could all of a sudden be doing a draft dash soon we don't know tomorrow might change everything we could know when season's gonna start who knows guys thanks so much for listening to lockdown maps peace out boom yeah dad and i'm sure 200,000 miles rainbow shit out of their butts